Good morning, good afternoon, good night, good whatever it may be for you right now. This is Lose the Taboo on Mental Health with Jared Cash. Buckle up, get ready, we going for a ride. Hey, welcome back to another episode. I know it's been a little while, a few weeks since we posted one, but wanted to give you some time to catch up on past episodes. Wanted to also spend some time really uh, writing and doing some other things, which I was able to accomplish. Went on a vacation with the family, so uh, I've been able to stay busy, and now I've been able to release this episode as one that I've really been looking forward to, because I have with me my better half. You know, I've had some really good-looking guests on so far, but I have to say the guest I have today is by far the best looking one, and it is the beautiful Jessica Cash. <laughs> Me clapping right there. Thanks for coming on, babe. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so uh, for you that maybe don't know, Jessica brings a really unique perspective to this topic of mental illness. Jessica went and did a lot of schooling and um, has experience as a school psychologist, which that before we got married and even now, <laughs> it's hard to understand what exactly a school psychologist is and does. So real briefly, what what is school psychology? What does a school psychologist do, Jess? So it can look different depending on what state you're living in. But I would say the overall goal as a school psychologist is to support children in the classroom and to help them with their ability to learn. So primarily we focus on helping students with disabilities and um, we provide services through um, psychological testing, we do counseling, behavior interventions. So we are basically trained in mental health, um, the learning component and how to support teachers and how to help them better help their students, especially the ones with disabilities. So the mental illness part is definitely a large part of psychology and what psychologists, school psychologists, what everyone does. That's a big part of it from what you're saying. Yes, definitely. So let's go ahead and jump right into what are some of the causes, uh, the psychological causes of mental illness? Or another way to think about it, what are the roots of mental illness? So that's a really um, tricky question to answer, but if I had to sum it up, I would say um, one of the best things I learned in grad school was mental illness is not a one-size-fits-all type of approach. Um, There's some diseases that may be more physiological in nature, and then there's others where you have to look at um, a whole bunch of different things. So I would say the most common three components we would look at as someone who would diagnose are the social, so the environmental, the genetic, and biological components. Those can all be risk factors um, that contribute to a mental illness. Now, for someone, could they have multiple ones of those? Absolutely. So that's um, comorbidity. So you can have depression, you can have anxiety, um, you can even have more than two um, mental illnesses. And as far as the causes go, could it's pretty likely, hey, I could have something that's genetic, but also my environment was a part of it. It could have a combination of those as well. Absolutely. So there isn't a single cause for a mental illness. Um there's several factors that can contribute to a diagnosis. So definitely is a little bit tricky and can be messy, and there's still a lot to figure out about mental illness. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is when it comes to mental illness, it's always hard to explain. 
uh, even people that are experts, they're still learning so much. And so for Mm -hmm. someone that's not an expert, of course, it's going to be difficult to understand and explain. I love the way, Jess, one time you told me like a definition for mental illness that really made sense. And do you do you remember what that definition was? So this was um, one thing that also stuck with me. One of my classes in grad school, my professor that taught abnormal psychology, he broke it down in very simple terms and basically said, you know, he used depression for an example. Someone can feel, you know, just sad. They can, you know, have a depressed mood, feel really down. But then someone with clinical depression, this um, impacts their life. So they're they're basically um, not able to fully function and experience a, a normal quality of life. I mean, there's a lot of other factors that you would use um, when determining a mental illness, but one of them is just, um, does it affect my, my quality of life? Does it make me incapable of living in certain aspects? Right. Just like performing those daily functions. Um, absolutely. Yeah. You know, when I look at my life and I look at the two things that I deal with, anxiety and depression, I can really see how those bleed over. And at times, even things we've done, a trip we weren't able to go on or different things were spurred on by my anxiety. And it's legitimate things that are happening inside of me mm-hmm. that are causing me not to be able to live my quality of life in the way that I want to. So that's a, just an example of, of dealing with that. Now, I really wanted to spend a majority of our time, and that's the thing with mental illness, it's so broad. There's so many things. I'm planning on having Jessica on for multiple uh, episodes so that we can dive into different aspects. But we kind of had to pick what's one aspect that we really feel like right now we need to talk about. And it's one that can feel difficult and even strange to talk about, but it's one that is so important to have the conversation, and it's really one that needs to be discussed. And so that's why we're going to talk about suicide during this episode. You may be someone that's been impacted by a suicide, and that just hearing that just wrecks you. And, and even just the word just brings so many emotions on um, maybe you, maybe you're just close to someone that was affected, and you feel that pain, and and it's something that can be a taboo word, and it can be something that's not talked about and discussed openly when it really should be, because suicide is something that doesn't have to rule over someone's life. It doesn't have to be something that uh, is unpreventable. Mm-hmm. So, Jessica, can you just let us know what what are some of the realities of suicide today? So, um, suicide is a lot more common than what people, um, would think it is, or or maybe you do see it, but, um, suicide is the 10th leading cause of death. And, um, specifically it's the second leading cause of death in those that are 15 to 24 years of age. And the fourth leading cause in those from 25 to 44 years of age. So, um, you know, given those statistics, suicide ranges, all across the spectrum. It can affect anyone. Um, Some interesting gender differences, though. Uh, Females are more likely to attempt suicide, but males are more likely to succeed at committing the suicide. Suicide is definitely something that is affecting so many people, specifically in the United States. Uh, I'm guessing that these numbers are for the United States. Yes. 
And of course, it's affecting people worldwide. Uh, and so it is important to talk about. Jessica, what are some of the risk factors when it comes to suicide? According to NASP, which is the National Association of School Psychologists, um, some suicide risk factors um, include previous suicide attempts, isolation and aloneness, non-suicidal self-injury, so an example of that would be cutting, mental illness including depression, conduct disorders, and substance abuse, family stress and dysfunction, family history of suicide, environmental risks, including presence of a firearm in the home, and a situational crisis. So examples of those could be the presence of a gun in the home, and then they're you know gearing this towards youth, bullying and harassment, serious disciplinary action, death of a loved one, um, physical or sexual abuse, and suicide of a peer, family violence. I would assume with almost every single instance, the the sad reality whenever it happens is that it was never just completely out of nowhere. For some people, they can feel like, man, that that happened to this individual and they gave us no warning. There was, there was no heads up about it. But the reality is that suicide is something that's preventable. And typically there are plenty of warning signs. So for someone If they were saying, hey, I want to know what are some warning signs, what are some maybe actions that my child or someone I love does that maybe gives me a heads up, hey, I need to be really intentional with the conversation. What are some of those warning signs? And I I love that you mentioned that because although this is really heavy um, and really sad, but suicide is 100% preventable. And one of the biggest things is just to never take warning signs lightly. And this is, you know, again, geared towards youth, but it could be applied to adults as well, is to not keep something like this a secret. If you know something or if you know that someone could be putting themselves um, at harm, their life is on the line, you know, please do something about it. You know, don't keep that a secret. Um, in terms of the warning signs, Some of them are just suicidal threats in the form of a direct and indirect statement. So a direct statement would be, I'm going to kill myself. And an indirect would be, I wish I could fall asleep and never wake up again. Another one um, is suicide notes and plans. And this includes online postings, um, making final arrangements. So an example of that would be giving away prized possessions, um, preoccupation with death, Changes in behavior, appearance, thoughts, and or feelings. Thanks for sharing those, mm-hmm. Jess. Mm-hmm. So we we see the warning signs. Now, as a loved one, it's time to step in and to help. What are some ways to prevent this from happening? Mm-hmm. So um, something that you'll hear a lot, um, you know, in research with suicide are protective factors. So these factors can essentially lessen, you know, the effects of the risk factors, the lessen, you know, the likelihood of a suicide actually happening. So this, um, one of the biggest ones is just family um, and peer support. So friends and family, you know, you are huge in playing a part of prevention. Again, with, you know, younger children, school, and then community connectedness. So just feeling connected healthy problem-solving skills, and easy access to effective medical and mental health services. If you were someone that is out there and you would say, man, I deal with suicidal thoughts, I 
can't seem to get it out of my head of that it would just be easier to not continue on in life. I just want you to know, I want to take a moment to just let you know that you're not alone, that although you may feel like that, that's not something that that has to be done. You can make it through and the world needs you to make it through. You know, I always hear the phrase or the, it's talking about how every single snowflake is different and every single fingerprint is unique. There's no fingerprint or snowflake that's exactly the same identical. And it got me thinking about us as human beings. There's no other person in the world that's like you. God wired you specifically. God wired and, and assembled you in a way that is more unique than you could ever imagine. And he's given you gifts and talents. And although we face this battle of mental illness, it doesn't have to take control. And we do know that we have, if God's going to take the time to give us this unique set of gifts and talents, then he's going to have a life ahead of us, one that has joy, one that has purpose. And that's what we're going to keep helping push each other to get there. You know, I look at my life and being completely open, this is something that I've dealt with at different periods of my life of just looking at Jessica and saying, I'm tired of fighting this. I'm tired of fighting this mental illness and periods where I just go, I don't know if I can continue on. And the support of your loved ones is so important. I look at my life and I look at what Jessica has done, what my parents have done, what my brother and some really close friends have done. And it's just never taking it lightly, always knowing that this is a reality, but it can be prevented. And so it's going that extra step to be really intentional. But for someone that if you're sitting there listening to this and you go, yeah, I'm one of the people that I deal with this. I wish I didn't, but I deal with this. What's something that that can be done, Jessica, to help with that? Or what's a resource or different ways that someone, if they're dealing with it, they can maybe find some hope? Mm-hmm. I would say one of the first things is reach out to someone. There absolutely um, is a person, if not more than one person, several people who genuinely care about you and your well-being, and they may not know what you're going through. So, you know, I would say, and one of the things Jared has always done so well has just been transparent. So just talk to someone and, you know, speaking of taboo, the word suicide, I feel like is so taboo. We try to beat around the bush and we try to say, you know, other things like, oh, you know, do you want to hurt yourself? Or, oh, you, you know, must not be really having a good day or you're going through a really dark time. Like, you know, just be straightforward um, and, and don't, you know, be afraid to say that word. Are, are you wanting to end your life? Um, and something else that, you know, is, is really good is, you know, when you are talking to someone is just um, remaining calm and, you know, non-judgmental listening. I think you were kind of asking, you know, what the person who is feeling like they want to commit suicide, what they can do. So sorry, I'm going a little bit, um, forward, but I, I would just say, reach out to someone. Um, and if it is, you know, serious and immediate and you need help, um, you know, quickly, I would, you know, either call 911 or the national suicide prevention lifeline, and um, that number is 1-800-273-TALK. Or there's also a crisis text line. So you text the word HOME to 741741. 
But ultimately, just know that there are people that love you and care about you. And you're not, you may feel like you're alone, but you're not alone. And I want to make sure Jessica has tons of resources that I'm going to make available whenever I release this podcast episode so that if you're someone that's dealing with thoughts of this, or if you're someone who is trying to support a loved one in that, that you have those resources available. And for those that look at this podcast and say, I'm already personally affected by suicide, then I want to let you know, I, I don't know how you feel, but I do know that God desires to give peace and comfort to you. And I have no idea how long that process of mourning takes, but I do know that there is a day when those that mercy from God becomes so evident and that he does provide healing. And this is something that is serious and something we want to do to prevent, but it's also something that we want to be really ready to love anyone that's dealt with that. And so this was just the start of a conversation specifically looking towards suicide. And I hope that it was a benefit to at least hear some of the different techniques, some of the different warning signs, because it doesn't have to be the answer. Jessica, do you have any parting thoughts you'd want to give? You know, I I would say that if you are the person who is the support person for someone who, you know, is having those um, suicidal ideations, um, I just want to encourage you that you just being there for that person is one of the most important things you can do. So just showing up, being present, being consistent, letting that person know, hey, you're not in this alone. I'm battling this with you. And, you know, you may not know how they feel. You may not know even what to say um, at some times. But just um, some of the things I think are really important are just remember, ask directly about suicide. You know, don't beat around the bush. Make sure that that person knows you genuinely care about their well-being. And um, just reassure them that there, there is help. And like what Jared said, there is hope and this will not last forever. That's one of the biggest things is I, I feel like when you're in it, you're just like, this is it. This is my reality. I don't want to live. I can't do this, but those are lies. And so you as a support person, you know, you have to just constantly just speak truth to that person um, and just be loving and be patient because it, it could be a long road, but just let them know that this this will not last forever. This will pass. So those were the last things I could think of. And we're always open. Like I said, I'm going to put some of these resources out. Jessica knows a whole lot more about it than I do, but we want to be as much of a resource as possible. So if you have questions or if there's other resources that you would like that I don't put out, I know Jessica either has them or can get a hold of them. So please don't hesitate to reach out and let us know because we want to help be a part of this journey. This is a big part of mental illness and this is what we're doing. We're coming together, we're linking arms and we're saying, hey, it's going to be a daily journey, but we're going to go through this journey together. So I hope that today is a day of maybe just a reminder for you to reach out to a loved one. Maybe it's for you to be open and share with your parents or to share with your spouse or a friend, hey, this is something that I'm dealing with and I need help. Let today be exactly what God wants to be for your life. Thank you, Jessica, so much for coming on and sharing with us this episode. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I'm excited 
um, just for us to continue to break this taboo and for more conversations to start happening. This is the only time, but I'm going to go ahead and kiss kiss my guest. So come here, baby. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mm. I can't do that on any other episodes. I had to do it right now. We love you guys, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please subscribe and share with others so that they can join us on this journey. I'll see you next time.